Welcome back to another episode of the Rossetti and Stewart podcast. I'm Justin Stewart. It's just the Stewart podcast today, I guess. Antonio is feeling a little bit under the weather. Also, he's a very busy man. He works like three jobs. So I figured I'd take some time to just talk to you about some sports for a little bit. I have a little bit more free time than he does. So I want to talk about a couple things real quick. So the Steelers training camp started this week, guys, arriving to Latrobe or Latrobe, however you say it, that's a whole another issue for a different podcast. But I think it's interesting. The Steelers, if you look at Vegas's odds, I'm going off the cuffs here. I have no notes in front of me, so I'm just going to be winging this podcast. The Steelers, I believe they're they're over under for wins eight and a half. I'm going to go over. And I, if you've heard me on this podcast multiple times, again and again, mention that this team, I think, can win 10 or 11 games. I think they can even push for 12 games won this year. That's how confident I am in this team to make the playoffs. You have year two of Kenny Pickett. He, he started showing signs last year of really putting it all together, being a viable starting quarterback in the NFL. I already thought he was a viable starter, but he looked a lot better towards the end of the year, looked more comfortable, and most importantly, didn't turn the ball over a lot. Najee Harris started out slow. He had the injury sustained before the season i think that had a lot to do with why he got off to a slow start as well you saw him also finish strong towards in the last year and jalen warren too you have a nice one-two punch there where you have Najee and jalen warren and if Najee's not looking the part again or something goes awry i think jalen warren is more than capable of being an nfl starting running back in this league the wide receivers, Deontay Johnson, uh, we know what he is at this point. I don't think you should expect too much of him to make like a massive jump. Going to give you like 900 receiving yards to a, close to 1,000 every year. That's kind of where he is at this point. Maybe it has something to do with how the offense is ran by Matt Canada and, you know, how that's constructed. I understand that, but he's still a very good receiver. The whole drops thing was kind of always overblown. Pretty reliable receiver. Every once in a while, he will make a dud mistake, but there's a lot of guys in the league that make dud mistakes. It's just part of the game. They're human. Really, the big thing is for the wide receiving group, you get Calvin Austin back. You essentially add a wide receiver because he missed all of last year. You also, George Pickens, he's also going to be the big the big key because, you know, a lot of people were gassing him up, and for good reason. He was a freak at Georgia, made crazy catches, made some crazy catches last year too. The question is going to be, is he going to develop that rap report with Kenny Pickett where he, he takes that another leap forward as well and establishes him, himself as a number one on this team? Because if he can, that will do wonders because right now the Steelers – as currently constructed, they do not have a number one receiver. I, I do not believe Deontay Johnson is a number one receiver. I believe he's a, a number two. I think he's very good, but do I think Deontay Johnson's elite? Currently, as we speak, no. But that could change. That could change on a dime. Tight ends, actually. Darnell Washington, based off what I've read in the draft and just watching Georgia football, I mean, he wasn't even the starter on their, their roster last year. It was Brock Bowers, who's projected to be a top 10 pick next year in the draft. Darnell Washington, I think, had injuries, and he was projected to be a first-round caliber talent at the beginning of last college football season. And, uh, you know, things happen. Guys fall out of the draft or fall out of the first round, excuse me. Will Levis is another example. And then there's guys that are their projected fourth, fifth round picks, like Kenny Pickett was prior to 2021. They have awesome years in their draft stock skyrockets. So that's just the nature of the beast. I think Darnell Washington, though, he's a freak athlete. I think he's one of those guys that can make great catches as well. I expect him not to be utilized as much this year. Obviously, Pat Fryermuth is going to be tight end number one. But I think as far as like uh, protection 
I think Darnell Washington would be very good. He's he's a beast on that front. And then red zone. That's where the Steelers struggled a lot last year in the red zone, trying to, you know, get touchdowns. And I think, once again, he's another guy that's a threat. And, like, you're seeing with the Steelers, the theme here is you have a lot of really good players, the guys I'm talking about. Their offensive line last year, too, we all know how 2021 went. It wasn't very good. I thought in 2022, they took a step forward, and now, obviously, they, they spent some money on, on some uh, – offensive lineman drafted Broderick Jones a left tackle they're not kidding around man and I think their offensive line is going to be the best it's been since the days of Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro I'm not going to get, go out in the limb and say it's going to be elite but I do think that it should be better and as a result the running game should be a lot better it's another area of where the Steelers have lacked severely Really, going back to when Le'Veon Bell was last year, their running game has been one of the worst in the NFL over this past you know, four- to five-year stretch. So if you can get the running game going, that opens up your offense. You can pass the ball as well. I think that's the big thing, too. Take the training wheels off Kenny Pickett. I don't want to see game manager Kenny Pickett play it safe Pickett because while I did outline that he didn't turn the ball over last year, I thought there were instances where he was playing it safe, and that's not a shot at him. But it was just they didn't want to, you know, expose him as a rookie. I get that. Don't want to overwhelm him. I understand that. He he looked he looked good though. I mean, I'm not gonna say he had a great year. He didn't, but he looked more than capable of being an NFL quarterback, starting caliber quarterback. And I do believe that he is. Now the the big question with Pickett though is getting back to him. How much of a leap should we expect in year two? Because after all, Matt Canada is still the offensive coordinator. Their attitude, their style of play, really historically, even with Big Ben at certain points in time has been play great defense and run the ball and play smash mouth football with your offensive line that kind of style so it's going to be interesting i think they should be more of a balanced offense you can still have that approach in 2023 but with nfl offenses now when you think about the good ones the philadelphia eagles kansas city chiefs buffalo bills obviously it helps to have elite quarterbacks running those offenses but do a lot of throwing the ball downfield making big plays making splash plays and, you know, you just saw another guy, Mr. Splash Play, Justin Herbert, has a rocket of an arm, just signed a $262 million contract extension with the Chargers. So it's just one of those situations where NFL offenses, it's it's it's, it's a pass-first league. I mean, run, there's still value in running the football, don't get me wrong, but you're seeing it, too, with this running back situation with Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, the the contracts and getting cut and not feeling like you're getting what you're paid and uh, it's just a sticky situation. I you know running backs say what you want about they still get paid a lot of money compared to the average American. I'm all aware of that, but when you run them to the ground, the Steelers did that with Le'Veon Bell. Now I will say they did give him a contract offer. I I don't I would be remiss if I didn't mention that, but the point still stands. They have a very short shelf life compared to different positions, whether it's wide receiver, quarterback, or center. When they want that money, by the time they're free agents, that's going to be their, depending on how good they are, that's their big payday. You know, Le'Veon Bell, his big payday was with the Jets. Now, we can argue the logistics of the, what the Steelers offered and what the Jets ultimately signed him for. That's another discussion for a different day, but you have that one contract. And, you know, most guys come in the league 22, 23 years old. You know, think about that. After four years, you have... A bunch of mileage. Jonathan Taylor is another guy. His contract will be coming up. Najee Harris in two years. His contract will be coming up. These guys carry a lot of mileage, and, and part of that's on the team for over-utilizing them. I've always said running backs nowadays, where we're headed, 
a lot of teams, not a lot of teams, but there's some teams that, that had just have a running back by committee. You have three or four guys that you rotate and you give reps to as far as running the football. And I think the days of have having an every down back, I think they're fading. And I think that's honestly, I wouldn't even invest in an everyday back if I've already used them for four or five years. Like, quite honestly, how many more good years do you think Derrick Henry has left? He's been arguably the best running back for the past, what, three or four years now in the NFL? I know he kind of had a quote-unquote down year last year, even though he still had, like, what, 1,500 yards rushing, which is still crazy. But the question begs, he'll be 30 this year. If not, he's already 30. So when should you expect that drop-off? It's it's an interesting discussion. Uh, you know, I've always, as far as players players getting paid, I've always been for it. You know, the NFL is a serious grind. Guys are always hurt. You know, it's just one. Football is one of those sports where you're not meant to run into offensive linemen and defensive linemen, guys that are over 300 pounds, ripped, muscular. You're not meant to clash clash your body into them every single play, and that's part of the reason why I think running backs don't really last as long as when you they're the ones taking the most punishment. Wide receivers, you know, outside of the cornerback. Or the occasional defensive back, they're they're pretty protected. Like they're they're not gonna be exposed to a lot of big hits. Now they're still susceptible to big hits. Don't get me wrong, but if you're a running back, you're going right down through the middle of the offensive line, giving you like you're hitting guys. You know you're probably running the offense your own offensive lineman, and then you have the defense guys that are like freak athletes nowadays. It, it's not it's not a it's a tall task. Running backs they want to get paid what they're worth. And I'm all, I'm all for it, though. But at the same time, we've seen that you can find good running backs in the draft. And unless you're Barry Sanders, or I guess in this year's case, you're B. John Robinson, because he was highly touted coming out of Texas, you're not really going to get drafted in the first round. Or unless you're the Steelers and you, you desperately needed a running back, you take Najee Harris, though. But all that was to say that the Steelers, I don't know, I just went off base there. But this, going back to, I want to go back to the Steelers though. So the Steelers, I think their offensive line. That's where I got into it. Their offensive line, I think, should be good this year. I'm not going to go out on limb and say it's going to be elite. I, I don't want to be too overly optimistic, but I think what you're seeing is they have the makings. Now the ball is going to be in Kenny Pickett's court and Matt Canada's court as well. If they can produce and be even remotely close to what I think their potential is. I think they can have a really good offense. Once again, I'm not going to say it's going to be elite, but I think it'll be a more than capable offense that can score points at, at a decent rate. And the defense, I think the defense would be solid. Uh, it was good last year for the most part. Listen, TJ Watts, the engine, uh, that's been well established. Just look at it, the, the the splits when he plays. They have a crazy winning percentage when he when he misses time. They're pretty much backs against the wall. We're kind of screwed. So the biggest key is keeping T.J. Watt healthy, keeping Cam Hayward healthy because he's also another year older. If Minka can remain healthy, you know, you, you got some cornerbacks, Patrick Peterson. He's still a little bit older, though, but he was, had a really good effective year last year in Minnesota. Drafted Jay Porter Jr. I think he can be good year one. I, I'm not going to say he'll be great, but there's, there, there'll definitely be a learning curve should he start. Um, defensive line, DeMarvin Liao, Keanu Benton, you drafted him as well. Uh, Nick Herbig as a linebacker. Their defense, I think, could be really good this year. I don't know if it'll be elite, but I think it'll be really good. And what, what I'm saying is the Steelers, 
I think they have one of the more solid rosters in the NFL. They have a bunch of really good players on every position, and they have depth too. Like that's just not like if one guy goes down, it's not like the end of the world unless you're T.J. Watt, of course, but or Cam Hayward. He's important as well. But I do think the Steelers, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Listen, I mean, you have the Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, even the Browns, Dolphins, Jaguars, the Jets, even the Patriots still might think they're they're in it too, the Titans. I can go on and on about every AFC team and their, their case to make the playoffs this year. It's not going to be easy. Because, quite frankly, I don't I don't see the AFC North producing three playoff teams. It's going to be a tough division. I think every team has a chance to split all their series this year. I don't think anyone's going to dominate the AFC North uh, uh, competition. It's, it's always a bloodbath. It's very physical, very intense. So I think if the Steelers, hypothetically, if they can go 3-3 three and three in the AFC North, that leaves them with 11 games. So... Six. Uh, if they go six and five in those eleven games, that's not an eight. So let let's be generous. There was a couple games last year they should have won. Let's say let's say they go eight and three, outside of the FC North. That's eleven and six. I think that's very doable. And considering the schedule they have to open the season, I think that is definitely plausible that it can happen. They can win eleven games, ten games, eleven games. Listen, I mean, they had Mitch Trubisky start the first, what, month of the season, and they still found a way to win nine games. I mean, I understand they played the NFC uh, South last year, but listen, wins are wins in the NFL. Every team's all have pros, whether they're good elite pros or just mediocre pros. They're still pros. Uh, still got to respect the competition. That's really what I wanted to talk about as far as the Steelers go. I'm primarily recording this podcast from the center for media innovation. I actually am. I'm not primarily. But I wanted to record this just a little bit of something, a semblance of a podcast, because I'm not sure if we'll be able to record on our usual Saturday days. Haven't had confirmation with Tony about that, though. But if we do, I'll post another episode, of course. And we'll talk probably more football and things of that nature, though. Pirates, though. We know the deal out of the playoff race. It's going to be interesting what they do in the trade deadline, though. I do expect um, they'll probably move off Rich Hill, probably Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi. Those are probably the main three guys I would look at as potential trade targets or candidates. I think the guy on that list that has the most that is the most likely to get moved, I think, is Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana has been on on a roll. Had a had a great series in San Diego. So did G-Man Choi. Honestly, I, I think Rich Hill. There's still value in a left-handed pitcher, but you would be hard-pressed to really justify trading for Rich Hill unless you need some depth in the back end of your rotation. I can kind of see that. That makes some sense. But the Pirates, they've kind of been free-falling really since May. We really haven't touched upon it this much on the podcast because maybe we've had interviews or things of that nature. We usually talk about the Pirates, but it is what it is, man. I mean, there there is some level to be optimistic, I guess, drafting Paul Skeens from LSU. And they're going to need him to come up here next year, hopefully. that That's the goal because looking at the rotation now, Mitch Keller has kind of just not been very good really for a, a while now. Um, had really back-to-back really poor starts. And outside of him, like that was the one guy you could count on for most of the year. And if he's not giving you innings and keeping you in games anymore, then you really have no shot to win at all. At all. Like it's it's every night you're an underdog, and that's just something you don't want to be in. And and the and the biggest one really is Royal Andy Contreras. Um, really have having a very poor year as well. 
got sent down to AAA. I don't know if we'll see him at all this year, but if we do, like he has to be in the bullpen. Like he 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 has to build up his confidence, um, build up his innings pitched. I mean, I don't I don't know how he's doing in AAA. I have to check after this quick podcast I'm doing, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. And then Oviedo. He's up and down. He's shown some uh, promise, though, so I, I'd probably just roll with him, uh, take the lumps with the good stuff, and uh, hopefully in the offseason he irons all that out and becomes a more consistent pitcher. Uh, Quinn Priester, we kind of know his deal. He was uh, drafted, I think, in the first round 2019 by Neil Huntington. He showed some upside in AAA, but also got shelled and rocked a bit in AAA, gave up a lot of runs. Really didn't pitch well at times, but, you know, it was he's a mixed bag. I I wouldn't expect him to turn out to be a superstar. I think if he's like, if he can turn out to be number three, I think that'd be perfect um, for what the Pirates are trying to do or accomplish here, I guess. But really, the Pirates, what's going to have to come down to is it's enough of the days of them trading players for younger assets and building for the future. That has to end soon. Like, we can't keep doing this every year. And I, I read somewhere, I don't know if it was fan graphs or someone or some one of those uh, publications that does. Uh, farm system rankings. I guess the Pirates have the best farm system in baseball now. That's great. That is awesome. But looking at their draft, outside of schemes, it, it was just mad at me. Like That's why I'm not the scout or the expert. I'm just recording a podcast. I'm well aware of that. But this this is, again, this is the same team that's struggled for 30 years or 27, if you want to be technical, of developing talent and having guys pan out. And I understand there's other teams that have had guys that have not panned out. I'm well aware of that. But when you're a small market team, you have to hit on some of those guys if you want to remain viable in Major League Baseball. It's just the way it's set up. And until that changes, this is the way that the Pirates are going to do business as they see fit. I don't have to like it. No one has to like it. But that's how they're just going to do things. And it is what it is. And... The Brian Reynolds and Key Brian Hayes contracts right now aren't looking great. But at the same time, you have to realize that they're not spending a crazy amount of money for them either. Most of these guys, what, Otani to get, what, $500 million, $600 million? Like, that's nothing compared to what Brian Reynolds is making or Key Brian Hayes. And at least with Key Brian Hayes, you have elite defense. And I know people are tired of hearing of that. But listen, you're only paying $70 million to one player. That's really not a lot of money if you think about it. And... Brian Reynolds, if you if he would have been a free agent after 2021, he probably could have gotten somewhere north of 150. I, I think he's a better player than Brendan Nemo, uh, Nemo. Maybe not this year, but 2021 and before, I think he was definitely a better player. I mean, he was a top 25 player in 2021, for gosh sakes. So it's just one of those things where I think he'll get back on track. Maybe not this year, but next year. He's too good of a player to be this bad. I mean, he's been really bad the past, like, five months. It, or not five. The season's been on that long. But, like, really, the fa- go back to May. So we're going on three months now. He really hasn't been good. I know he hit a home run the other night in San Diego. So hopefully he can, he can build on that and just get his power back and just get on base and – not make silly outs and ground out and strike out all the time. Like he just he just needs to get back to doing Brian Reynolds things, and uh, you know the rest will take care of itself, I guess. But really, the Pirates, their bullpen, they have some guys. I don't know the whole discussion about trading Bednar. I've seen on Twitter, oh, 
well, you can't say Keith Bednar because he put he, he grew up in Pittsburgh. Well, I you know I don't I really agree with that. I mean, I think Bednar is a really good closer. He's actually probably an elite closer if we're going to be tech, real about it. And if your window is to compete next year, as apparently I've, I've heard for the past couple of years now, you need to keep Bednar. I mean, he should be part of that that team or those teams that you know try to steer steer the ship and you know come get back to relevancy. Like that's. What are you trading him for, young prospects? Like, like, like this is what I'm talking about. This is why they they had 20 straight losing seasons. Like, you're trading guys that are established major leaguers for guys that you're projecting to be established major leaguers in the future. Like, that's just you. At some point, you have to add and not subtract all the time. And this is why I highly doubt they'll do this in the off season. This is why they need to spend money in the off season free agency, bring in guys that can actually help your team. And not some guys that are that also wins or at the end, tail end of their careers. Bring guys in that can help your team win. I'm not saying sign Shohei Otani. No one is saying that. I have realistic expectations, but there's guys out there that can help this team. There's just no excuse not to try and sign guys. You have money. Now I'm not saying you have Yankees money or Padres money or Dodgers money, but you have money to play around with and spend. So use it, utilize it properly. Fill out the roster, and maybe next year they can just compete for a wild card spot. Who knows? You never know. But also, part of that, too, is going to be paramount on developing players as well. You have to have your guys pan out and play better next year because we're in year four of a rebuild. And, like, I just – I don't know about you guys, but, like, Pirates fans, I see on Twitter all the time, like, this this rebuild stuff is kind of getting older here. We've been rebuilding since 1993, so – just wanted to throw those two really those were really the two things I wanted to talk about. Just kind of make it more like a Pittsburgh based podcast. As far as like what's coming up on the podcast though, we're actively working on getting Charles Davis on the show. Charles Davis is an analyst for the NFL and CBS and he's a contributor contributor for NFL Network as well. I had his partner on we had his partner on Iron Eagle about a month or so ago. You can listen to that podcast um, whenever you get a chance. And that was really fun. Ian's probably one of the best broadcasters in the business. No, he's not. Pro- he is one of the best broadcasters in the business. So um, that was fun to do. Uh, you know, I'm working my butt off trying to, to book interview requests. It's not always easy, you know, having to go through like publicist and like uh, media, media uh, PR people. It's kind of difficult, and a lot of times like, I get rejected. But that's just part of the nature of the business with uh, that are high profile and that work busy schedules. All these people that we've had on our podcast, they, they, they have their own lives. They're all very busy. So the fact that they take some time out of their day to interview with us, I, I really appreciate that. I don't ever take that for granted. And, yeah, I'm just going to keep working, keep grinding. It's going to be an ongoing process. We're going to continue to build this up. It's it's not a finished product. There's still some things I want to improve on as far as podcasting goes. Starting social media channels, that would definitely help. It's probably a start for us, honestly. Me and Tony have been talking about doing that. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we can get more people on with interviews, just talking about sports and, like, their their, their journey, their passion, and things of that nature. So, um, I didn't want to be too long today. I just want to keep it brief and short. Just wanted to have something to upload just in case we don't do a podcast this week with Tony. But like I said, you can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search those Eddie Stewart Podcast. I'm Justin Stewart coming from the Center for Media Innovation here at Point Park University. 
This has been a brief episode of the Stewart Podcast, uh, formerly known as the Rosetting Sword Podcast. Actually still is, but uh, Tony is not here today. Have a great rest of your day, everyone, and keep talking sports always. Bye.